This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Raise your hand if you're ready for today's Yankee lineup. Yeah, I didn't think there were too many hands. Hit the music. Let's get a little jazz hands here. Oh, who's ready for a big Yankee lineup? They're going to go out tonight and score some runs. The the Bronx Bombers coming to town, people. Batting leadoff. Fresh off his birthday. It's shortstop Anthony Volpe. Oh, thank God he's back in the lineup. I thought maybe he's going to need a week off. Exhausted from the early part of the season. Batting second, playing first base, would be Anthony Rizzo. Okay. All right. Like it. Good. Glaber Torres batting third. He's batting uh, third, and uh, he's playing second today. No Aaron Judge in the order. Off again today. No uh, update on uh, his uh, status with the hip and the MRI. Hopefully somebody gets around to reading that sometime soon. Nope, no uh, no pressure, no no hurry. Uh, DJ LeMay, he was playing third base. Batting clean up. Then things take a little bit of a turn. I mean... Who can have a productive fifth-place hitter, too? I mean, we got four productive hitters at the top. Got to be a drop-off somewhere. Willie Calhoun. Another another spot in the DH for Willie. Cabrera is playing right field today. So uh, he will be batting six. Trevino's behind the plate catching. Jake Bowers. Jake Bowers is getting the start. Just called up. So uh, he has uh, been at the, at the major league level before, but has had a very strong start in AAA. And at this point, what harm could he do? He was hitting 304 with an on base of 448 and a slugging of 797 with nine home runs and 87 appearances at AAA this year. So why not? Can't, can't be any worse than seeing Aaron Hicks again. So he's playing left field today. And then Isaiah kind of Falefa, he's your starting center fielder. So there you go. Big Yankee lineup. That's going to get you pumped up for the day. Oh, boy. Get and, uh, your John- home runs, yeah. Johnny Brito is uh, on the mound. So, uh, yeah, the amazing month of April uh, continues for the Yankees. And I'm sure tonight is the night that they are going to break out. We uh, suck right. right now as bad yeah. as you can be. Yeah, they're, they're terrible. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Uh, so I was talking about the Knicks, and we'll get back to the phone calls here in a second. But obviously with the Knicks and the heat going at it, there's going to be talk about the rivalry in the past and, and, and Pat Riley and the time when he was running the Knicks and as the head coach and leaving and Pat the Rat and all that type of stuff. It's funny because people were ticked off at the time because he bolted and he left and he was uh, – a rat, for, for lack of a better word, right? He was the guy who was always talking about you have to be all in or all out. And he's, meanwhile, uh, negotiating deals behind the scenes to, to take over down in Miami. But, you know, deep down, and I hated Riley when it came back and he's, you know, asking for the, for the booze to rain down on him and all that type of stuff. Deep down, the reason that Nick fans, I know for myself, hated him because we knew he was right. He was in a position where he came in, immediately turned around the organization, and after a while, he wanted more power. He wanted control of the roster. He wanted more money. I think the money wouldn't have been that much of a, of a problem. But he wanted, to, uh, he wanted to be able to be the guy running the show. He had kind of earned that right. And he didn't get that right with the Knicks. He was not going to get that right with the Knicks. So he bolted to Miami. And now with the, 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 the perspective of time, clearly he was right. <laughs> so deep down, we can all hate him for leaving and, and being so smug and, and winning down there, if he had stayed here, 
I don't know that it would have went exactly the same way, but it's pretty clear that the Knicks would have had far more. If you could, as a Knicks fan, go back and change one thing over the last 25 years, that would have been the thing. That would have been the thing. Or maybe 30 years now. What year did he leave? Was that 96? I'm not sure. Whatever that was, that's the thing you would have changed. That one, that one butterfly effect there uh, could have changed the, the, the road for the Knicks completely. 95 he left. Okay. All right. Well, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to, uh, is it Nabate in the car? Nabate, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, how's it going, Gordon? You well? I'm good, man. How's it going? How, what's going on with you? All right. Everything's well. Thank you uh, for a great show, as always. And speaking of coaching, uh, with Pat Riley being a great Knicks coach, we have Tom Thibodeau uh, in his third season as Knicks head coach. What is your take? Because he has not had much success against Eric Spolstra in the playoffs. So what is your take about that coaching matchup? And can that make a difference, especially with a few close games that can happen in this uh, Heat-Knicks series? Can that, you know, the Spolstra is like superior X and O's and adjustment ability. Can that affect uh, the series? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. No, I mean, no, that's one of the things that was concerning me uh, that I brought up before Nabate that, uh, and thanks for the phone call is that the, the heat and the, and the calves, it, it's a completely different scenario. You know, the calves are, are the, uh, are the opposite side of the coin. They were the, the regular season team that was not ready for the postseason. I, I, I don't know how this series is going to go down, but I think you're going to get the heat's best shot. And, and this is kind of the heat team that we thought we were going to get down the stretch when we were, jockeying for position in those last two spots in the Eastern Conference, you always kind of figure, well, at the end of the year, the Heat are going to be there because they, they, they're so well run. They're, they're such a winning organization. They're going to figure it out, and they didn't figure it out. And they, they ended up dropping. They couldn't even beat out the Nets down the stretch and had to fall into the play-in and then lost the play-in game. So it just seemed like it's not going to fire for the heat this year. And then they get into the series against the bucks and, and, and Giannis gets hurt and Jimmy Butler goes off and, and there's absolutely concerns. And that coaching matchup, that would be one of them because if there's a way to steal a game, Eric Spolstra, he's one of the best head coaches that there are, and he will be able to find little things to get at the Knicks. But I just take a look at the Knicks roster. And I just think that they are far deeper. They are not as top heavy as the heat. And if you can simply, hold Jimmy Butler within reason, which the Knicks have done a good job of at, at times this year during the regular season. If you can hold him within reason and he's not killing you like he did in the Bucks series, well, then I think the Knicks should be uh, in fairly good shape. Craig is in Jersey. Craig, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, uh, Gordon. How are you? Happy I'm good, Saturday. Craig, on, man. So uh, I want to talk a little Rangers. Um, first, my first point, you know, as everyone else has been saying on 98.7, Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad have to step up if we're going to win this series. Also, um, Patrick Kane, you know, he was a great acquisition. He, um, he's, one of the, he's one of the best American-born players ever to, to be in the NHL. But I think they really should have went after Ty Do- uh, Max Domi, you know, a little more grit. He can score. And, um, yeah. Uh, that's where I'm at with this Rangers team. 
Well, Craig, I, look, I, as I always preface it, and I, I appreciate the phone call, I am not the, the, the hockey guy on the station. I, I watch it, and I've been invested in it in the playoffs, so I'm not going to give you all the, the X's and O's at that level. But, no, clearly the, the Rangers stars have to kind of show up, right? The, the Trocheks and the Zibanejads and the Panarins, um, all those guys. Um, so that's what you want to see tonight. You want to see not just production, but you want to see some, some effort. You want to see some some heart to be going down the way they went down in that game five was 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 really embarrassing. So they can't I don't think that they can go out like that. But the, the one caveat to that is you would have thought that after game four, <laughs> game four was was uh, kind of the same kind of performance. So uh, I, I expect that um, that they will kind of respond tonight. And if they can get that first goal and, and the, and the garden will be up for grabs and Zabanajad and, and Panarin and Kane and all those guys, they're the, the Rangers, they're built to, to win and go deep into the playoffs this year. This is not about something down the road. They're, they're geared up for this year. So the fact that they're getting this much of a struggle and they hope to have a game seven in the opening round, that's not a great sign, but uh, you got to respond tonight. They respond tonight, you'll feel a whole lot better. It's uh, the fact that you've lost three in a row after sitting here a week ago thinking you're just going to cruise through this through this uh, opening round playoff series. It is Omar in Brooklyn. Omar on the Gordon Damer oh, Show. How are you, Gordon Damer? Oh, so, you know, the best thing about the Knicks winning that series against the Cavaliers was I knew that I would hear from you again because if they had lost that series, you'd be going into your hibernation like you do after the predictions <laughs> go bad. You know, you will hear from me, and you have to say that from now on, I will listen to Umar's prediction for future because it has come good. And well, you, you did get one right for a change. Yep. And finally, it has Absolutely. come around, right? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you nailed this one for a change. Yes, you did nail this one. Okay. Say one thing. I'm a Nick fan. You are a Nick fan. Uh, I, I, I understand. Listen, I was a big I. I went into this basketball whenever Pat Riley do used to press conference with the, his suit. His, he was the charisma in 1990. I loved Pat Riley to death. I loved his press conference after the losses. It feels me like he's a fan of the team, the way he used to portray and how much disappointing losses it was. But when he went to the Knicks at the end, I find out, uh, early in the uh, morning newspaper that Pat Riley has left and left a note at uh, the paper that he is leaving, right? And uh, uh, later we find out uh, whatever uh, we are not sure, but he was asking not only the team presidency, that what I have heard and from different columns, that he was asking a part ownership. There is no coach that is going out and getting a part ownership. Uh, team presidency is okay. Not a top, uh, part ownership like he got it in uh, Miami. So uh, there was a, Miami was a new franchise. You can get a part ownership and NBA wanted to develop uh, 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 the market of uh, uh, Miami Heat and uh, so Pat Riley name can figure it out there and he's uh, there uh, that can uh, bring the franchise a, a little bit name. New York Knicks is a brand name. You are a billion dollar uh, million, uh, millions of millions of dollars worth of uh, 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 basically uh, a franchise and you uh, because you have two or three good years uh, with the Knicks uh, so you can get a part ownership. Now Thibodeau, uh, if he goes to the Eastern Conference Final or NBA Final, he asks, uh, 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 what's his name, James Dolan, that can I get a part ownership So you, if you want me to stay? 
listen, you get a team president, you can have a say in the uh, team. Uh, well, he didn't get any of those. Not getting no part ownership here. Well, I mean, so they could have, they could have, they could have haggled over that. But you had to, in hindsight, Omar. Whoever was running the Knicks, and I don't remember if it was ITT at that point. It was like a whole bunch of different ones were kind of bouncing around with the Knicks at that point. Uh, in hindsight, you'd have to say the Knicks should have given Pat Riley whatever he wanted, especially giving him control of the entire roster. I mean, the guy has proven and had proven even before that with the Lakers and then had proven in his time with the Knicks that he was the real deal in terms of running the organization or running the team at that time. And um, if you had it to do all over again, those 20 years, it would have been completely different if you had figured out a way to keep Pat Riley right here. And I think that that's really what bothers Nick fans most of all. It's not just that he left. It's not just that he was the, you know, talking behind your back to, to another organization or, or flying off and, and, and leaving you high and dry. It was the fact that you knew that you would have been better off if he would have just stayed here. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your phone calls, and we got to get into some football. We are two hours plus in. I have not talked about the Jets at all. We will do that next right here on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I should say, for some reason, I'm not sure why, Jacob Perry is back running the show here. He has uh, been elevated very quickly to the K show, to Barton Hahn. Uh, now, who did you tick off that you got demoted back to uh, the Gordon Damer show on the weekends? What what happened? What went wrong? I'm not sure. They uh, probably just gave me a punishment. It was like, you know what? You could deal with Gordon for the weekend, and uh, here I am. Right. Did you screw up calls on the K show for some reason? Did you do something wrong there or not have sound for ENN or something like that? It might have been something like that. Nobody or... talked to you, though? No, no. Or I just... Nobody had a conversation? Nobody. Nobody. They just threw me in the fire. They said, here we go. Mm-hmm. What makes it even worse, I didn't realize until yesterday. I was like, oh, wow. Well, me and Gordon. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, that maybe they felt like they didn't need to say anything. The fact that you're back working this show on the Saturday, <laughs> that's all. it's kind of unspoken. You don't need to have any anything said to you in a, in a meeting or a sit-down. Oh, no, not at all. And it, what makes it even worse that it's uh, raining cats and dogs outside all weekend. So Exactly. Well, where would you rather be than right here, right now? To, start, to seal a line from uh, Marv Levy, where would you rather be than right here, right now? All right, let's talk uh, some Jets because outside of Artie and Brooklyn, we've not really talked about the Jets. And, and this was a very eventful week for the Jets. The draft's still going on. Jets are still uh, making some picks there. Uh, so we'll uh, kind of update that here as we go. Um, but obviously the, the headline this week is, is the Aaron Rodgers move. The, the hostage crisis finally over. He's a Jet. We know what the deal is. And, and first things first, you'd have to say, when you first saw the deal and, and, and as time has gone by and the draft has gone by, the package the Jets gave up, that was more than it felt like it was going to be. You know, the swat, when you see it in, in actual motion, it's different than when you just see it on a piece of paper, right? When you see it first uh, on NFL Live or when the K-Show was telling you about, wherever you saw it, Adam Schefter, you know, swap of ones, couple of pick, couple of spots. What's the difference there? Ah, we give up a second, but we knew we were going to give up a second. And then uh, almost certainly a number one next year, but that number one's going to be really low down. We're going to have a big year. When you see it in motion and you see the way that the first round went for the Jets and knowing that you gave up a second round and almost certainly that's a, for the Packers, that's a pretty good haul 
for a quarterback coming off a down season at his age with a, a contract that is, you know, needs to be reworked and, and a quarterback that nobody seemed to want. Now, I don't know that I've necessarily gotten the answer on that as of yet, but that's one thing that doesn't really seem like with all the hoopla of him going to the Jets and the deal done and the Super Bowl aspirations and big year and finally back in the playoffs that, that nobody has really kind of touched on. Here is Aaron Rodgers finally leaving Green Bay. They want him gone. He wants to be gone. And, and the one and only place was the Jets. Now, part of that was the fact that he said that that was where he wanted to go. But I would think that the, that the process of that had taken place before he had said that. But it didn't seem like anybody else was going to get involved. It was, it was really only the Jets. And, and partly, I would think, maybe that is completely on him. But it wasn't like there were teams out there, it doesn't seem, that were trying to convince him otherwise. And I get that he's a very specific player and it had to be a very specific situation. But no, here's this guy that is taking a Jets team, a Jets organization that hasn't made the playoffs in the longest stretch of any team in North American sports. And now he is single-handedly with this new team and young players and all that type of stuff. He's taken them from a team that misses the playoffs every single year to now they are contenders by everybody's estimates to compete and, and even possibly win a Super Bowl this year, and nobody else wanted them? That's, that's kind of surprising. And the other thing is I keep hearing, well, you know what? He's not ever going to have to – he's never going to succumb to the pressure of the moment. He's dealt with that all the – I would have to say that this year he is going to be dealing with more pressure than in any other year. He has already won a Super Bowl in Green Bay. He has not done anything here, and he is coming here and is expected to win right away. Now, maybe the fact that he's 39 and he's been through it and he's four MVPs, that pressure won't impact him or bother him in any way. That's possible. He's been around the block a time or two, but I don't think that there's any question that he's facing more pressure this year than in any other season. When things went wrong in Green Bay, I'm sure there were some people that were upset, but it didn't seem like that they blamed him all that much. <laughs> I can tell you right now, uh, if that happens here with the Jets, the blame will be, uh, there'll be a multitude of people to blame. <laughs> we won't be p- pointing fingers, we'll be pointing both hands, but he will certainly be one of those fingers on one of the hands. Now, the press conference, he was great, and with the Jets, that opening press conference, that's not always a given, as we've seen in our time here or watching and observing the Jets. But as I said that night with Larry, this has a thousand ways that it can go wrong, and there's only one way it can go right. Now, I thought it was the right move to go out and get Rodgers. They got it done. When it first started, it seemed like there would be other teams that would make more sense possibly. But the Jets, they set a plan. They carried out their plan. But we're all on the same page. It's clear. It's not debatable. We all see it, what it is for, for, for what the situation is. He's coming here. He mentioned it. It's about winning a Super Bowl here. If it's one year, then that's what you got. You got one year to get it done. If it's two years, great. You get two shots. You get twice as many shots to win a Super Bowl. But let's not get it twisted and let's not change the narrative down the road. Rodgers is coming here for one reason and one reason only. It is to win a Super Bowl, and that has to be the goal of the Jets, to win a Super Bowl. It's not just about getting back to the playoffs. It's not just about ending a drought. It's about winning this year. And the trade, 
which already doesn't seem as great as as maybe you thought. Now, if he wins, it won't matter. You won't care about that extra first-round pick. You won't care about well, who the Packers got in the second round this year or, or missing out on, on the offensive tackle this year. But the question, and it can go either way, was last year just a down year? Was that the start of the decline phase? Was it that injury? Was it the residue of a less talented team? He's had down years before, and he's come back and won MVPs. And, and with all due respect, nobody's really going to care if he wins an MVP. No Jet fan is saying, well, I can't wait for Rodgers to win an MVP here. It's about winning the Super Bowl. And if that pick next year is not in the mid-20s at least, well, then that's a disaster. But part of this is how well he plays out of Green Bay because there's always kind of been this narrative. And I'm not saying that he has said it specifically, but not in so many words, but it's always like the Packers as an organization didn't support him enough. They never gave, they never drafted a wide receiver in the first round. And it's almost being portrayed as if he was held back in some way in Green Bay. Well, now he's been released from that and he's with the Jets. And not only is he going to have what he needs to succeed, but the revenge factor as well. So let's have it. Let's do it. And uh, the, the season should be an interesting one, if nothing else. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get into the draft a little bit, both things on the Jets and the Giants, and some keys from the draft that nobody will admit, but they're obviously true. So we'll touch on some of those coming up next. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the NFL draft, specifically the first round and uh, specifically the Jets. Uh, now, look, I've always said I love the NFL draft. Now, I didn't love it so much this year because my team didn't have a first round pick because my owner is a Bobo and they, they lost that as a result of him meeting with Tom Brady. So it wasn't as fun for me this year. But if you're a real diehard NFL fan, you love the draft because it allows you to think about the future in a positive sense. It allows you to have some hope, even for an organization that might not have hope. When you're a team, when you're a fan of a bad team, you have fun in the off season. You don't have fun during the season. The, the, the season that's brutal. The off season that's when you have your fun because then you can delude yourself into thinking somehow next year it will be different. A draft pick, this guy's going to turn it around. A free agent signing, changing the coach, changing the head, co- uh, the, the, the GM, whoever it may be. Now, the Jets seem like that they're on a good track this year with the Aaron Rodgers deal done. Uh, and in the first round, at 15, one of the, the ramifications of that trade, they moved down two spots, and they selected Will McDonald, a pass rusher out of uh, Iowa State. A little small for his size, but very bendy. Has a lot of the traits that people look for in terms of a pass rusher. And there's certain positions that I say all the time, you can't have enough corners, you can't have enough pass rushers. Now, I don't know if Will McDonald will turn out to be what the Jets hope he will be. I watched some video. I watched some YouTube on him. I'm not going to do I love when people said that they watched some tape on him. They, they watched some film. You watched film or you watched YouTube? Because those two things are not the same. You did not watch. You broke out the projector and uh, the uh, the screen, and you watch some film, you know, it, it would just be more efficient for your own time if you just went on YouTube. They have all the guys. So I watch them on YouTube. 
are there things that you see? Yeah, he could be good. He could be a bust. I don't know. I've not seen it. I'm not sitting on a Saturday and watching Iowa State games and saying, man, I hope no team, none of the teams in my division draft Will McDonald. He might turn out to be great. But what you would have to say as someone who's watched the draft a lot, it did not seem like the process was all that good of how the Jets got to that pick. Now, sometimes the best deals are the ones you don't make. And maybe the first option would have turned out to be bad and the Jets got lucky and this, is, this guy's going to turn out to be a monster. If he does, well, so be it. Everybody will remember it differently. But when it was clear that everyone and their brother knew that the Jets wanted that kid Broderick Jones, who, again, I don't know if he's good or not, but everybody said that's the guy that Jets, that's going to be the last of the offensive linemen that are on the board when the Jets are selecting and that's the guy they're going to get. I was looking at the betting odds, which can tip you off in the direction the team wants to go. And it was clear the Jets wanted to go offensive line. They were minus 300 to take an offensive lineman at 15. And I don't know if Broderick Jones is going to be any good. The fact he went to the Steelers makes me think, yeah, probably will be. (laughs) He'll probably turn out to be pretty good. But that's one of the problems of not drafting in the top five. That's one of the problems that everyone knew who you wanted. It was clear that the Jets wanted Jones. And it was also clear that when he got picked ahead of them and the trade with the Steelers and the Patriots and they jumped up in front of them, there's a reason why they jumped up in front of the Jets because they knew that the Jets want, everyone knew that that's who the Jets wanted. That's not a great look, that you get caught flat-footed and it was clear it seemed like the Jets were trying to move out of that pick and move down and maybe uh, still be able to get to McDonald's someplace else and kind of maybe recoup one of the picks that they traded away to the Packers and the Rodgers deal. And, and, and this is going to be part of the equation here for Joe Douglas. I know it's all champagne and roses right now because the, the Aaron Rodgers deal is done and there are high expectations for the Jets this year. But, you know, Joe Douglas in the draft, he's had one great draft. Last year, absolutely killed it in the draft, really set up the Jets great. But it's not been that case every, every year. The first year was bad. And the second year, he drafted Zach Wilson at two. There's no way to recover from drafting Zach Wilson at two when uh, basically two years later, you're looking for a quarterback. And this is going to get harder. You're going to be, you're hoping that you're going to be picking lower down. And, and hopefully next year, you're picking at the end of the first round. You better hope so. So that's, that's, that was my draft thoughts about the Jets on that opening night. It might turn out to be a great move. And, and Will McDonald might turn out to be an absolute monster. And, and forever, the Jets have needed pass rushers. And if they get one in Will McDonald, fantastic. But the look of it that night, wasn't the best. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phones. Ken is in Queens. Ken, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. How you doing? Hey, Ken. What's going on, pal? All right. Uh, before I just touch on the Jets, uh, do you, have you heard anything on the Mets today where is David Peterson was sent down to the minors and that uh, relief pitcher Raleigh got injured or is hurt? I have not heard anything about that. I'll take a look in the break. Okay. Uh, As far as the Jets uh, draft, I think you might be right because uh, that first-round pick, they probably could have moved around a little bit down and recouped some of their draft picks that they lost in the uh, Rodgers draft, uh, you know, when they had to give up. And also, I think – being not at 13 and moving down two spots, believe it or not, 
turned out to hurt the Jets, even though you had to do it to get Rodgers. I understand that, but that did hurt the Jets. But I think, like, I'm not going to say I watched tape on this kid, McDonald, but I watched that senior bowl. Every year I usually watch that game, and he did look like a monster in that game. He looked like a kid that got a great motor, and, yes, he will be, you know, after that, quarterback, which I think the Jets have needed that kind of, you know, player for a long, long time since Abraham. Yeah, I mean, the Jets uh, the Jets needing a pass rusher is like the Knicks needing a point guard, Ken. It's, it's been that long, and I, I just took a look. Yeah, Peterson option to Syracuse. Brooks Raley goes on the, uh, on the IL because of elbow inflammation. So as to replace them, the Mets reinstated Adam Ottavino from the paternity list, and they recalled uh, John Curtis with two S. What's with the two letters now? John Curtis with the two S's. There was a guy named Zach in the draft yesterday, two C's. You don't have to overthink it. Zach Not a is, fan. Yeah, you can go either CK or CH. We'll, we'll allow either. But you, you can't be going Zach, Z-A-C-C-H. That, that doesn't make any sense. What, what is it? Was he an actor and he's trying to get to his, uh, his SAG card, but it has to be spelled differently than other people? It's ridiculous. Uh, Alan is in Smithtown. Alan, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. How you doing? Hey, I want to talk about now? the draft and I want to talk about Joe Douglas. Okay. Okay. Joe Douglas uh, uh, was um, fleeced by the Packers with that first round swap. There's no way that he should have agreed to that. He should have anticipated that at 15, the chances were he was going to lose out on all the offensive tackles. There's no way Green Bay walks away from the table if he says he can't agree to that. And by agreeing to that, he changed the entire equation. He cost them the offensive tackle that they needed, okay, to protect Rodgers. Then they're scrambling, uh, you know, trying to trade this pick and they ended up taking somebody, you know, who's not going to help them right away, and and it was a reach. Most people had him at the end of the first round or beginning of the second. And it's because Joe Douglas unnecessarily swapped that pick. I don't know what he was thinking about and what the Jets were thinking about. Anybody could have realized doing the math that by swapping that pick, they were going to probably get closed out, very well get closed out, of the offensive tackles, which they needed. It was totally unnecessary. And, and a horrible negotiating by Joe Dewey. He panicked, and the Jets panicked. There's no way Green Bay, uh, you know, walks away from the table if he doesn't agree to that. And that made this entire draft, you know, uh, a disaster. Well, not a disaster, but, I mean, it could have been a good draft, but now they've got a problem. You can't protect Rodgers, okay? This team's not going to the Super Bowl. Well, I, I will say, Alan, and, and thanks for the phone call. They uh, did they did draft uh, offensive linemen with both their second pick, uh, the second round pick, and I think they took another one in the in the fourth round. Uh, Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh. I don't know how far away these guys are, how much development they need. Uh, that's all going to be, uh, and I wouldn't necessarily use the word fleeced, but I would say that when you see the trade on paper, it looked one way. And it did look like the Jets gave up more than you anticipated. But then when you saw it in practice in the draft, it did feel like, oh, boy, the Jets did get taken a little bit. And, and think about all the conversations that were had about who has the leverage, the Jets have the leverage, the Packers have the leverage, who has the leverage. With the way things played out, 
it definitely seems like the Packers got the better of the deal. If Rodgers comes here and wins the Super Bowl, it will all be water under the bridge. But just sitting here in real time on April 29th with the, the, the draft pick uh, from the, the, the deal already being you know taken care of with this draft and then thinking about next year's draft, uh, did not feel all that great watching it in real practice. Now, you would have to think that the Jets knew or at least anticipated that by moving from 13 to 15, yeah, there's a pretty good chance that we're, we're, we're opening the door for us to get sniped here by some team coming up. And they should have certainly thought that because they moved behind the Patriots in the process. And if there was anything the Patriots can do to stick it to you, they're going to do it. So you would think that they would have, uh, have anticipated that as, as part of weighing the deal and making the deal when they did. But the problem with that is they seem to be caught so flat-footed when the deal actually happened and took so long to eventually make their pick that maybe they didn't weigh it as much as they should have. Let's go to Romeo in Nanuet. Romeo, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. I love the show. Um, I don't agree with the last caller and kind of don't agree with you a little bit. Okay. Uh, the Jets oh, have been bad for so long. They had wow. to do this trade, almost like the Brooklyn Nets had to do that trade to get the Stars because every other team would have done the same thing. Now, flip-flopping those two picks, if Roderick Jones was such a great left tackle, he would have been a top three pick. So let's be real. Did they lose the tackle? Yeah, they lost him. But there was another report, if you believe it. I don't know what to believe. You know, a lot of it's all smokescreen. But they were going to draft that, that, with a, that uh, running back Gibbs at 15. So even if Roderick Jones was there, they probably don't even take him. I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers. Last year they won seven games with nothing. They lost half the team to injury and had zero, and I mean zero, quarterback play. And now you add Rodgers to the, to the fold? The team only got better. Forget about Will, Will McDonald. Forget about next year's pick. It won't matter. The Jets will win the division. Buffalo did not get better. They've done nothing all offseason. Zero. Nothing. They will win the division, and every Jet fan will sit here and become the bandwagon Jet fan. Oh, I knew. I knew Aaron Rodgers was going to do this. But meanwhile, you guys are saying now you would have done this, you would have done that. Green Bay won the trade. Next year when the Jets are riding all their wins, to all the Jet fans that want to come on the bandwagon, don't. Stay off. We don't need you. All right. Well, look, Robio, you're right. And if, it, if that does turn to – I, mean, I basically said the same thing. If it turns out that Rodgers comes here and the Jets are winning the division and they're running deep into the playoffs, nobody's going to care about Broderick Jones. Nobody's going to care about giving up a first-round pick next year or any of those things. But as we don't have that, that perspective as of yet. We're just sitting here in real time. And when you looked at – and you knew that Rodgers was going to be get traded to the Jets – and the conversation with the Jets are not giving up their first-round pick. They're not going to give up that 13th pick because they need to draft an offensive lineman. That's all we heard for weeks. The Jets are not going to give up that 13th pick. Well, they swapped picks, which in terms of the draft chart is not insignificant. It's like a fourth-round pick. That, that's significant. What the deal turned out to be, I think, was far more than it, it seemed like the Jets were going to give up. And then seeing it in real time made you feel like, you know what, the Jets did get take. Again, if Rodgers is good, that won't matter. But we don't know that as of yet. There's been plenty of times where things seemed lined up for the Jets to do something and didn't turn out that way. Didn't go according to plan. Let's put it that way. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your phone calls. Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. 
Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. So, as I said, I love the draft. I watch it every single year. But you have to really, if you watch it every single year, you have to realize to a certain extent that there's a lot of smoke to it, right? Like, it, it's kind of, nobody knows. It's, it's all unknowable. But one way to make sure you get a good draft grade, sometimes you just have to shop around, right? Like one, one analyst says you did a terrible job. Just find an analyst who says you did a great job. You'll find them if you look hard enough. One way to always get a good grade, have multiple picks, especially in the first. If you have a lot of picks in the first couple of rounds, that's all you need. doesn't matter how you got those picks so high up in the multiple rounds. Just have multiple picks. Ooh, they got an answer here. They got an answer there. So the fact that the Texans did what they did, everybody's going to, hey, oh, look at that. They got, they, got the, they got the defensive guy. They got the quarterback. They're good to go. I, I don't know. I, I think that's just as good a chance that they, they're, they're not good to go, that they screwed it up because they've, they've screwed a lot of things up over the last few years. And, and there's plenty of teams that do really well in the first round repeatedly and are not good teams. Like the Carolina Panthers. If you go through the Carolina Panthers' first-round picks – They've done a pretty good job overall. They're not too many busts by the Carolina Panthers. But they, they haven't been a good team either. So that's one thing. Just have multiple picks in the first round. One thing that should concern you, if you ever are drafting a quarterback and they compare him to Drew Brees, that is a giant... Drew Brees is, is really one of one. Because think about what people are saying. If you're, if you're comparing the guy that is getting drafted, or your team is drafting the guy... What you're saying is he's undersized. He doesn't really have a big arm. He's not a dynamic runner. And Drew Brees was great, Hall of Famer. But the amount of guys who got compared to Drew Brees that didn't turn out to be Drew Brees, that is a very long list. Very long list. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Bill is in Tampa. Bill, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, how are you? I'm good, Bill. What's going on, pal? All right, so it's getting a little tiring listening to, to everyone saying that the Jets got fleeced. So I, I need to start. Now, remember, I'm 55 years watching uh, more or longer watching the Jets. So kind of, you know, watch all the draft picks. Right? So let's just start with this. Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Yep. So let's say that again. Ready? Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. So starting with that, you know, if you gave two number ones away, it wouldn't Aaron Rodgers is your starting quarterback. That immediately gives you a chance against Mahomes, against Allen, against Tua, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Immediately it gives you a chance. So what does that work? And then the second thing in reference to the draft, you cannot win – in the NFL anymore, and especially AFC, if you do not get the quarterback on the ground, you need to pressure the quarterback. It is, it's a must more so than it has ever been in the NFL. Would you agree, Gordon? Uh, Bill, I say it every year, and it's not just me that says okay. it. Everyone says that you have to have pass rushers, you corners, tackles, and quarterbacks. That's what you got to get. It's how the Giants beat the Patriots, right? Those multiple Super Bowls, right? In Brady's face. And the Jets never could do that. Now, you cannot, and would you agree that you cannot have enough good pass rushers? Can you agree with that? You cannot have enough of them. Absolutely. 100% true. 
All right. I have studied film on this young man. No, you didn't. You didn't watch film. You watched YouTube. You didn't watch. Fi- Don't but tell I, me I, you I, watched. No, film. no, no. I watched as much. I watched as much film. Video. You watch video. Please don't say that. Come on. Also. You you broke well, out you the projector. You broke out the giant screen. No, you watch you watch video. You watch YouTube. Uh, no, there's no shame as in YouTube. Much as, probably as much as anyone else, right? Okay, that's fine. But my, my my point is, I'm watching football long enough to know who's someone that can play football and someone that can't. And this kid is a player. Now, whether he makes it in the NFL, no one ever knows that, ever with anyone, right? There's no given. But this kid is a player, no doubt about it, and it has an opportunity to get a quarterback on the ground. Will he become, you know, a great pass rusher? No one knows that, no matter whom you draft, even if it's the number one pick in the draft. But he's got the athletic ability to do that, and everyone's dissing him because everyone thinks he should have been picked at the, in the late first round. That's ridiculous. Well, look, Bill, no, nobody knows, and, and I appreciate the phone call. we got to run here, but nobody truly knows. The Jets don't know. Will McDonald doesn't know. A lot of the draft reaction generally, and it's dumb to, to attack it from this point of view of it's about the position. That's, why, that's what it is about. It's not that the fact that the Jets drafted a pass rusher. It's that the Jets did not draft a tackle, which most fans feel like they needed. So that's a dumb way to approach it, and I, I would agree with you. I have no idea if Will McDonald will turn out to be great or not. But I would say that the fact that you take a look at what the Jets had to give up, it's clear that the Jets wanted the tackle. Every, there's a reason why the Steelers didn't move up to, to 10. They moved up one spot ahead of the Jets. So, uh, yeah, Will McDonald might turn out to be a great consolation prize, and, and the story might be at his Hall of Fame induction, well, the Jets really wanted to take this tackle, but he got swiped by them by the Steelers moving in ahead of them. Maybe that will turn out to be the case, but it's clear that the Jets wanted him. That's why the Steelers moved into that spot, and as opposed to moving up to 8, 9, or 10. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up next, it is what I learned this week on TikTok. It's only on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.